Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel TV episodes as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. Welcome to Better Call Hulk, our official She-Hulk after-show podcast. I am Zach Perlstein, the editor-in-chief of the Boardwalk Times. Joining me today is Giovanni Delgadillo of the Boardwalk Times. Gio, it's nice to have you back on the Marvel side. Yes, sir. It's been a little bit too long, you know, with me jumping in and out. But we should have some Star Wars stuff for you guys as well. Just plugging that in real quick later today. So stay tuned. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is the Waycast and or will be happening weekly now for you know each episode of Andor on Disney Plus. So if you're a Star Wars fan, go follow the This is the Waycast podcast feed. We'll link it in the description below. And yeah, follow Gio and Sarah as they, you know, chronicle Cassian Andor's adventures as he becomes, you know, the rebel spy legend we all know from Rogue One. So yeah, that should be a pretty exciting show and a lot of great analysts from that podcast for sure. But now it's it's time to just get into it, Gio. I, I have to rip the band-aid off. We have to talk about She-Hulk. And man, I you know, I I hate I I kind of hate to say it, but you know, it's it's just a self-contained wedding episode. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I I was actually kind of surprised that, well, not surprised necessarily. I'm more glad that they acknowledge that right at the beginning. Using the fourth wall breaks is the kind of stuff you think they should use more often with the fourth wall breaking. They have Jen straight up say, "Yeah, this is a wedding episode." Like nothing major is going to happen it's okay and even even though she doesn't say like there's a character or whatever because a lot of people had this expectation that daredevil was going to show up because of the teaser last week and they just straight up lay it out to bear from the beginning yeah no this is not going to be that so i found it interesting that the point of the episode was more to have this subplot with intelligentsia show up right at the end which i assume is like a parody of QAnon and like 4chan stuff but it but the website was structured more like reddit and that's all great and all but it didn't flow naturally with the rest of the story because the way they get it it was like kind of random and then also to have titania just show up and ruin this wedding because i thought the wedding idea is fine like to have a wedding but this didn't feel like the like you know those typical wedding movies where the parties get crashed and stuff like this it didn't feel like that because there was only like one real crash moment at the end and otherwise jennifer was just treated like crap the whole time yeah so which isn't anything new we already knew that from the last episode it it was an odd structured episode yeah sure and i have more thoughts on that later i actually have a hot take on the episode in general but I, I do want to get some of your thoughts on the secondary plot you know we have nikki ramos and mallory brooke Mallory book, I think it is. I keep on screwing that up. <laughs> but um, those two characters, I love their relationship. And, you know, I, I love their dynamic so far. But, you know, this secondary plot, I need to hear your thoughts because I have a take on it. And I don't know, we might disagree here. So that was the thing that bothered me the most about this episode, because we've had a secondary plot before in this show with was the good. elf. And yeah, that one was funny because yeah. it was very out there. This one, the idea was funny. But the execution felt kind of, it's not bad. It was just very pointless to me. It's like, why do we need this in an episode where it's supposed to be about She-Hulk at this wedding? And then we have these two 
side characters that are handling this offshoot bizarre case that should have been She-Hulk handling it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. why isn't She-Hulk the one doing this instead of side characters who, yes, they're fun, but it's kind of strange that the show is called She-Hulk Attorney at Law, but every so often she goes and does something completely random and it's not even like a superhero thing she just went to her friend's wedding and i don't know it's weird because you would think and judging by the vibe of the show that they're trying to go for legally blonde style uh comedy and we get that but not with she hulk herself like it doesn't feel like she's the main crux of the lawyer comedy despite it being called that yeah. especially in an episode where she's absent and she doesn't do any legal work whatsoever so i don't know i found that pretty bizarre to be honest like b- bizarre is kind of the wrong word to use it's just very it juxtaposes like you have these two random storylines that have like little to nothing to do with each other and yeah and it felt kind of pointless and it also like you know i do think you know and we'll get into this later in the episode you know we could have gotten to the intelligentsia website yes. in a different way yes you know, we didn't need this case to get to there you know to get to that fringe website of them all hating on she hulk which you know obviously was their meta take on the actual real life um vitriol against the show but you know my my hot take on this whole mr immortal story was it just felt like the cw it felt very you know i felt like this was a b story on the flash you know i oh. didn't you know i didn't feel like you know you know because it's the mcu you know we don't we we've never really had you know in the mcu so far we haven't had just random people get powers and not know about it you know the mcu has been very structured where there's only been like select few heroes so, it was super jarring for like, oh yeah, there's this guy who is immortal and like people just kind of know about it in whispers and he goes by Mr. Immortal. It just felt like just so random for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in my opinion. I just feel like they don't usually go that route. Like, you know, and I know there is the mutants on the way and maybe this guy ends up being a mutant or something. Oh, yeah. But it just... I feel like She-Hulk should have done better establishing that because so far in the MCU, you know, we know a lot of crazy stuff happens, but it's not caused by random powered people. Like in The Flash, another example from the CW series, The Flash, when they have the particle accelerator break, that's how a lot of people become metahumans. We didn't have an event like that in the mcu unless they retcon and say the snap did that and that the snap caused all these people to unlock their mutant gene but then you know you you would have to kind of explain that because so far it just you know the mr immortal thing felt so jarring to me because like an asgard elf that makes sense because asgard's on earth right now yeah you know shapeshifters scrolls all that stuff makes sense vigilantes that makes sense because there's always gonna be vigilantes but a guy who's immortal and like we don't know about that you know it's like that's so random and like kind of you know kind of a cheesy character in a way that the mcu didn't like take the time to like set that up or set up that there is other people with powers and it's getting out of hand it just felt very unearned in a way now that you mentioned that so a friend of mine uh binge the show last week and he had something interesting to say about 
how this show and i had to explain to him that they've never described this show any differently he said that he felt like the way they treated things in the world was too funny compared to the rest of the mcu where a lot of stuff is taken with a little bit more uh not gravitas necessarily just more seriously he hasn't seen the new thor movie so he has no idea how far-fetched they can get but he was surprised that they're treating for example the elf person is just like a joke and uh he's like well what happened to like the superpowers being a big deal and all this other stuff so now that you mentioned that that kind of lines up with this guy i think cw is a bit uh worse than this but i see what you mean it's definitely it felt like cw without reaching yeah. that level of quality it was like and the flash is a great comparison because this guy has, is basically racial ghoul except he doesn't need a super bath for anyone who knows batman or dc stuff that's Rachel Ghoul is immortal character, but he takes like a bath in this magic soup, basically. And <laughs> this guy just kills himself and comes back to life. So it's like he's literally immortal. And he mentions being married to a baroness. So clearly he's he's been alive for a long, 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 long time. So I don't know. I found that pretty weird that he's just like a joke character. And it's like you were saying it feels like the flash where there's just like random meta humans except in the flash there's an explanation for it yeah same with the asgardian elf it's like oh yeah, yeah asgard yeah. is on earth now whereas this is like okay now there's almost too many super powered characters in the mcu when the mcu was just starting out the the whole idea was oh like we go all the way back to the beginning when nick fury tells iron man that he's a part of a bigger universe for us the bigger universe is like Oh, Captain America and Peggy Carter and uh, uh, Tony Stark's father created S.H.I.E.L.D. And that was ages ago. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is like the bigger picture. But now we know, oh, yeah. So in the 90s, Captain Marvel randomly showed up. And then the Tesseract was like teleporting random places, apparently. And she created the name Avengers or rather Nick Fury took that from her. <laughs> and, and now we're also getting like, OK, uh, like, for example, Star-Lord, he gets kidnapped as a child, but it's not a big deal. He just disappears. It's like, oh, you could explain that any number of ways. And he goes off and does his own thing in outer space, which is separate from the Earth side of the MCU, right? Right. Um, yeah. So there's no need to be like, oh, there were aliens here. Uh, but of course, the scrolls showed up in the 90s. It's just like it gets very convoluted. That's why I think they've been very smart with some of the other stuff by playing it off as multi-dimensional for example miss marvel's powers or shang chi going to an alternate dimension uh to have this like mythological side of the mcu exist alongside what we know on earth because another thing that people have been complaining about recently is the thunderbolts lineup being mostly super soldiers and it's like yeah that does become a problem when you're trying to handle all these different sides of the mcu and trying to box all these characters into like archetypes is that sure. yeah from a certain point you're gonna have like too many characters because like i know that they're really trying they're pushing for blade werewolf by night moon knight etc to kind of come together maybe as the midnight suns we don't know that yet and i don't know it gets really weird when in a show like this they just randomly have characters that are super powerful or like we've never heard of before that have no explanation for existing like this mr immortal guy might end up being a part of that mythological side of the mcu 
he may end up being a mutant he may have been like a variety of things so and, it feels and, random and if they if they follow up on it i'll give them tons of credit but that's where i'm just worried it's i don't know if they'll follow up on it because it's like similar to the flash and similar to the cw and i don't mean to be harsh because i actually do enjoy some of the cw shows and i i've enjoyed you know smallville i've enjoyed the product there but you know, sometimes with like shows like Smallville and The Flash, you do have a random villain or a random superpowered being show up for one week and then we'll never see them ever again. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe has never been like that, really. And another note on Mr. Immortal, because I had to look him up in the comics because I knew it sounded vaguely familiar, but I knew they did some creative licensing here with the adaption to She-Hulk. He was a part of the Great Lakes Avengers in the comics which is a pretty cool pretty cool yeah. around my neck of the woods really and then also another funny tidbit is like this isn't the first time they tried to adapt mr mortal for a tv show he was actually going to be on the abc marvel television series called the new warriors oh wow didn't that get was that canceled or, or did that ever happen i think they made a pilot and then it was unaired. I think it probably, I think it got picked yeah, up for a pilot, or uh, but it did get canceled in development. That was back when Marvel Studios didn't run the TV side as well. Right. That was back when it was um, yeah. Jeff Loeb, and it was very like, you know, you had your Inhumans, your Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, like very offshoot, you know, type things. That's where I think the limitations of Marvel Studios on TV with Disney Plus have started to rear their head. Because with She-Hulk, they described it as like a half hour lawyer comedy show and yet it's trying to have a plot as well like i said i really do think this episode should have not had the wedding whatsoever and should have had she hulk dealing with mr immortal and have more of a story there because by splitting the stories you essentially make them like 10 to 15 minute long shorter episodes yeah because it's like okay well now we're jumping from this to the other thing instead of focusing on one thing or the other and i found i'll mention this on andor later andor has a similar but different problem where it's like disney cannot i don't know what it like i still want to know the legal like jargon or whatever for why all of their shows have a certain time limit because they say every time whenever they're asked oh why did you pick this many episodes and they're like oh marvel disney never gives us a a limit on the amount of episodes we just get the episodes we need to tell the story and i'm like yeah but clearly they give you a time mandate because some of these shows uh, most of them the six episode long ones and even wandavision which was nine episodes clock in at about five and a half hours long total and it's like well what if the show actually needs more time to develop its story i don't For know sure. why they're not allowing this like is it a budgetary reason it has to be it's, it's the only it's a, thing i could see definitely a budgetary reason i think the people at disney at um disney media and entertainment mm -hmm. distribution they are the ones who control all content across the walt disney company and they get to distribute how much they spend where so obviously oh, okay. star wars and marvel are lucky because they do get to spend quite a bit but yes you know, these series are expensive so they only get x amount of things but we've started to see some interesting things develop where it's like marvel so far it's only been six to nine episodes besides i yes. think maybe what if what if might have went longer oh yeah and what um, if is anime that's the only one the only exception i've seen so far in disney plus is animation like bad batch ran for 16 episodes which is perfect for yes. part two, like an animated series i think that was more than adequate because some of them go on for 20 episodes and it's like okay well that's kind of unnecessary but 
yeah this has gone to the point where it's like if you want to call this show what it is why don't you let it like 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 the flash like cw why don't you just let it be a tv show yeah it's yeah, really sure. it's really hard to explain but and i think it's budget i think budget yes. and i think it's the people at dmed go hey oh well you know you only get x amount here x amount there but i do think it's kind of funny i think they are trying to loosen it up in a way because andor is 12 episodes and then season two will be another 12 episodes then it'll be done then you have daredevil born again which will be 18 episodes for the first season 18 but it's gonna be very curious to see how that's done what's the budget you know because honestly you know they could probably go hey we could give daredevil a lower budget we don't need an mcu yes you know, it's like yeah. we don't need an mcu budget for daredevil netflix wasn't working with an mcu level budget for daredevil or yeah, at least no. i don't think i don't think so i mean yeah like why not and i even i think i brought this up to either thomas or richard on this podcast it's like she all could have went for 14 episodes and it yes, could have been a yeah. case of the week every week and it could have been yes low budget if you think about it because we don't really need I, I hate saying this it's like we don't really need her to hulk out all the time no i don't no. have any desire to see jen you know hulk out or like get into fight stuff i think where jen excels is and i think where she hulk excels is when it's doing character studies about the characters within the universe and like jen defending you know just some of the legal troubles you would get into in the marvel universe and there's so much potential there that i just think it comes back to this wedding episode where it's like i just can't imagine you only have nine episodes and pitching that like hey let's do a wedding episode and then we'll do a b plot with mr immortal to me it just doesn't make sense you know and i know they like we're joking in the fourth wall and they're like they're subverting expectations like oh is this episode inconvenient because weddings are inconvenient but i'm like yeah a wedding episode could be fun but also it's like you know and i had this gripe with miss marvel in a way it's like you know i wish sometimes they would realize like there's things that make sense for season one then there's things that make sense for later down the road yes me, this is a later down the road type concept yep. because i really don't think this episode benefited jen at all that's just yeah, my take yeah no i think you're absolutely right because it's like i mentioned at the beginning when we were just talking about general uh thoughts on the episode uh, i was 100 percent like oh wedding episode that that could be pretty fun but then the execution was like halfway there it was like it could have been even more crazy or like have some more fun hulk moments that make it worth being part of the show and instead it's like kind of just like a bump in the road that they like oh, okay let's just have this fun wedding episode like, like just throw an idea on the wall it's like you said i didn't even think of oh, that way to describe it but you're absolutely right in miss marvel there were two episodes where they go to pakistan that could have been season two 100 because it's like such a yep. big deal where it's like oh we have to go stop this threat red where dagger the, yeah yeah where the real uh storyline it, it ends in perfectly in the last episode the real storyline is new jersey and the uh, Department of Damage Control like that was the real story that people should care about with Miss Marvel and they made that they nailed the 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 landing like they stuck the landing yeah, but those yeah, two episodes did. where they went to I think it was Karachi they could have yeah. been a season two thing where it's like okay Miss Marvel has experienced New Jersey let's have her experience more but they I think you're right they really wanted to set up a dagger and and have these characters and other things yeah. as much as possible filled into the season yeah, and like my thought process on there, and I don't want to get too sidetracked talking about Miss Marvel, which yeah, is another yeah, yeah. excellent show, by the way. And if you're watching it for the first time, listen to our recaps on um, Keeping Up with Kamala Khan. 
you know, listen to our recaps here on the podcast feed because I those were amazing episodes. But not to get too sidetracked on Miss yeah, Marvel, yeah, but yeah. you know, Miss Marvel season one could have just taken place in New Jersey, and then yeah. she goes off with the Marvels, and then she has her Spider Man Far From Home moment oh, at the Pakistan yeah. in slash travels the world in season mm-hmm. two. I think it made too much sense, but yeah, enough on Miss Marvel. And back to this episode that we're discussing at hand. You know, despite it kind of being uneven and a little bit jarring in points, it did set up something pretty major for the next three episodes. Something that I think, you know, and it might not end up being major. It could end up being just a nod and a wink. And we might end up, we might be setting ourselves up for disappointment. I'm going to be upfront with that right now. It, It could, could come back to burn on us. But to me, in this episode, it looks like they're doing the intelligentsia. And when they said that in this episode, my ears, perked up because i don't know what i watched or read lately but i've seen that name and i knew it was important so i was like whoa when they dropped the intelligentsia i was like this is pretty crazy and for everyone listening to this podcast you're probably like okay so what's the intelligentsia you know in she hulk it's just the name of this fringe website like what we said earlier it's kind of like QAnon mixed with a darker more you know dark web reddit in a way but it's really a lot more than that at least in the marvel comics the intelligentsia it could end up featuring some of the smartest and most sinister characters in the universe like the leader who you know we know is coming back for captain america yes. world order modok who's coming back for ant-man who is actually debuting in ant-man and the wasp quantumania egghead mad thinker dr doom who may or may not show up in wakanda forever we've been hearing mixed things on that and then even mr sinister is in this group time to time and he's obviously one of the x-men's most formidable foes so i think there's so much potential in this group becoming like this major force within the modern mcu or this could end up becoming a ralph boner type situation and it's like a nod and a wink at you know the dark and fringe websites of the world and this could just be the mcu's like version of a dark website now that you mentioned that that would make me curious to see if they adapt the leader and dr doom the way that dr doom was adapted in the fantastic four reboot that no one likes uh where they made him this like edgy uh smart but like internet guy yeah i think i think they're not gonna do that whatsoever but it would be interesting if that's a part of his like storyline in this uh but yeah the intelligentsia being that like dark you know whatever makes sense because of the ending of this episode which once again feels weird that they made the ending and not an end credit scene i do not understand why they've gone even though they announced the show to have end credit scenes after every episode, they've broken the promise already. Yeah, I'm going to complain about that, Gio, right now. These lack of mid-credit scenes are killing me. You know, I was promised one every episode, and now it's like, you know, the last couple, I'm like, what? what? Yeah, because they? They, they they put the what should have been the mid-credit scene in the episode itself. Like the Daredevil thing last week, that should have been the mid-credits tease. Like, oh, it would have been. Yeah, you would have yeah, been. Like, you know. People would have been like, oh. But instead, it's at the ending, which is fine because then everyone sees it. But it feels jarring that yeah. you end instead of ending the episode on something She-Hulk related. It's like, no, no, no. Look at this other thing that has to do with Marvel. But now that we're discussing it in this scene, we see what looks like a like a lab. So these yes. aren't just like random fringe like they call them trolls in the episode. It's like yes, they're not no. just trolls. Like it's this a production. Is clearly, exactly. Like that would be interesting because we haven't gotten any resolution to the four guys that attacked her earlier this season that 
were just kind of losers and they were holding like his guardian stuff and they were like hired by someone i thought they were hired by titania Me now too. i'm starting to think that okay it was probably going to be something intelligentsia related unless it ties back to titania because we still have zero answers as to why she attacked the courtroom that day all we know is she has a vendetta against she-hulk for ruining her public uh appearance i guess yeah well and i don't know if we'll ever find out some of those answers but yeah the intelligentsia it ends in that lab and it's clearly we're gonna either get the leader or someone who is going after she hulk's blood yes and it does set us up with an actual threat for the last three episodes so there's a lot of potential there and then we also have to see how daredevil's involved in all this too because he will appear in one of these last three episodes so you know they do have a good home stretch coming up we'll see how they handle it but you know i just feel like i'm fine with this home stretch being what it is but i feel like they did kind of waste some time here where they could have been doing some cool legal cases in courtroom comedy stuff and i feel like they were just so focused on just just random stuff and even just this wedding storyline for me like you know, I think everyone loves a good wedding storyline. Like everyone likes the movie Wedding Crashers. Yep. Some things in this episode just don't, they don't wrap up in any sort of conventional way. Like the one bride is so upset that she shows up as She-Hulk, but then at the end, she's like, happy She-Hulk's at her wedding. And it's just like, I can, you know, we're in the MCU. We can, we can drop logic and we can, let our imaginations run wild but when stuff like that happens you're like what's going on yeah that stuff felt like it obviously they they try to show that she's like drunk whenever she says oh but there was a lot of stuff in the episode where something would happen like a conflict and instead of paying it off they would just drop it like you said the only thing that pays off is her talking to this guy and here's the problem with how they've advertised this show because of them advertising Daredevil and because of the way they've had Charlie Cox go around and interview about being in the show, he's not spoiled necessarily what's going to happen, but he says things like, oh yeah, you know, Jen and Matt, they have good chemistry and all this stuff. It's like, okay, so you're already basically spoiling the fact that this guy she's with right now is probably not going to be like, like with her for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's just some guy. It's like, that, that feels a little bit, strange that they're setting it up this way and then if they want to do yet another finale where they stuff all their eggs into one basket at the last second that might not work at all especially because what we were saying is this show should be self-contained per episode and it's like oh no this self-contained but then randomly we want to have this like whatever will happen in the finale against intelligentsia titania or whatever so i don't know it's been pretty strange that they would just Feel the same, but then it got me thinking when you were talking earlier. It just hit me. Every single one of these shows has had an episode like this. Yeah. Every single one. Loki has one where Loki and Sylvie are stuck on a planet, and it's like this episode could have been so much bigger and still accomplish the same goal. Same thing happened with this one, where it's like, okay, we're at a wedding, and why don't we just focus on that? Nope, no, it's like halfway a wedding, halfway the subplot, and then set up for intelligentsia because of an off comment that one of the uh yeah one of the uh the ladies that was you know wronged by mr immortal makes about oh i saw this video and then they're like aha this is how we plug in the intelligentsia storyline instead of something more substantial i found that kind of weird 
Definitely. And I have a take quake about this episode and I think maybe She-Hulk in general. So I'm going to just go for it right now. I'm going to just say, you know, I don't think the whole self-contained episode thing was bad, but when you only got nine episodes, you're doing this courtroom comedy, you're covering every aspect of the MCU. I think there could have been a better usage of time. But then again, I think this series, She-Hulk, you know, I think for some reason it's trying to target two audiences one, the MCU super fans. And secondly, they're trying to target people who have never watched an MCU title before, mainly in that female demo. So I think there have been a clash of styles in some of these episodes. I think, you know, sure, you can advertise Daredevil, you can advertise Wong, you can, you know, try to get those MCU super fans in. But then also in some of the other marketing material, you're advertising like, oh, she hooks a show about dating and relationships and all that. And I think for some reason, the two styles are just not there. It's like two different directions at some points where it's like, I feel like if they would have leaned into it being just a courtroom comedy, they could have had their cake and eaten it too. But I feel like they're trying to do it where it's like okay we're a show for the super fans but we're also gonna be like this empowerment show slash you know like i'm trying to say it in like the best way possible but you're like like they're trying to target like a different demo like oh we're gonna see her dating life we're gonna do stuff that the mcu doesn't usually do and i just don't know if it's really you know really working i feel like if they would have just picked the one lane it would have worked a lot better yeah, there's a lot of tonal whiplash because of what we're discussing. I think because they set out to make each episode self-contained by trying to have too many things all at once per episode, like her dating life, her uh, fighting demons with Wong, and then, oh, one episode later, she's going to a wedding. Like It's all very jarring because it should be focused on... on it. It feels like, sorry, I should correct myself because I'm getting a little bit jarbled. But what I'm trying to say is it feels like the show is trying to be a linear narrative, but chopping out bits of fat in between each episode where there would have been more story otherwise. It's like, okay, we want to make a courtroom comedy, but then we also want to have a linear story. So it, it doesn't work because you have this the central conflict in the back over here but it's not even been established and we're six episodes in. It's only just now getting teased. Yeah. It's like, compare that to The Flash where Reverse Flash, I'm glad we're talking about this. Reverse Flash is the threat for the entire season and they set him up slowly but surely over the course of however many episodes. And then it's like the finale is him versus Flash. In this, it's like, okay, well, here are all these really small conflicts and they are really small because these episodes are so short. And we don't get any time to flesh out like Jen's home life because here, here's a flash of like Jen's home life for like two seconds. Here's a flash of this. Here's a flash of that. So yeah. it feels like moments in time instead of like a story. And that's what's going on. That's why it's not gelling because there's no connective tissue between anything. It's just kind of like scenes that happen and that's it. And the thing is, it's not even bad. It's not like the, the editing is terrible and like you no, can't tell what's going all. on. It's just very, it feels like they're they're not taking the opportunities they had like you know what i mean there's a lot of missed potential for sure it's like i've been pumped for this show for so long and Mm -hmm. i think they could have taken some swings here and i just feel like they just went in such a different subverting expectations direction at least in the last i think two episodes really because i've enjoyed a lot of episodes of this series so far and i've thought they've done a good job i feel like 
you know, there was so much potential here with it being this courtroom comedy set within the MCU. And, you know, yeah, you can flesh out Jen's home life and all this stuff. But also it's like, I don't know if you can go from this, like what you're saying, this mix of linear stories and then standalone stories and just like not, if you're going to do a linear story, you have to address what happened in the last episode. Yeah. You have to kind of continue that thread. Yeah. If you're not, you have to just continue the thread loosely. Um. But yeah, it's just kind of like, like, I don't want to say disappointing because it still has been a fun watch so far. It's been a fun show. But I just feel like I had way higher expectations. And all this criticism comes from a place of love, obviously. But like, you know, it's just like one of those things where it's like, dang, you know, it's like you had a potential where you could have had, you know, Jennifer Walters representing the citizens of Westview. You could have had something about the Sokovia Accords or like all these major moments in the MCU. You could have revisited similar to like Abomination. It's like they had a lot of potential here. And I just feel like, with some of these episodes and some of these storylines, it's like, you're, it's like, you're just really going for like, you know, are you doing this just to do it? Or are you not like, like, do you just not want to like, you know, write something that is more concrete towards Marvel? Yeah. It feels like, because it's right. What you're saying is true about linear versus not. They have cherry picked moments from each episode to bring back. But even then, they feel so separate, like tonally and just story-wise. For example, okay, we're going to have She-Hulk go on a bunch of dates, and we're going to use that later in the series. But instead of that feeling like something that comes naturally, it's just like, okay, you remember that thing that happened like an episode or two ago? <laughs> Here it is. Like, that's same same with Wong. Like, they acknowledge that Wong had the thing with abomination but then it's never brought up ever again and then it feels like we're starting an entirely different thing with wong it's like the history happened but but it's not important anymore like here's this new wong storyline and so i don't know because it's like you said the first two or three episodes uh were very focused because it's like okay here's abomination here's abomination's case and they set that up at the end of the first episode going into the second one now the end of each episode has felt so disconnected and the stories feel disconnected. It's like, okay, so what What are you trying to do? Like, are you trying to be self-contained or are you trying to, it's so weird. And, it's also, really you, to explain. and also, you know, my thoughts on the whole subverting the audience, just to subvert the audience. I don't like that type of stuff in general. I just feel like it gets too, you know, and I knew it right when I saw the title on Disney Plus this morning, when it just said Just Jen, I was like, oh, so they're going to just kind of gloss over what happened last week yeah you know it's fine if you make us wait for it you know i'm fine it's like we're still gonna get daredevil we're gonna still get matt murdoch like i don't really care about that it's just that it was just so random and i and like i, I guess that's why they addressed it with this fourth wall break of it being a self-contained mm -hmm. episode but it's just such a random way to do it because it's like what i keep telling you it didn't like help jen it didn't help her arc it didn't help you know, it's like, you know, with these Marvel Studios, Disney Plus origin story series, you're supposed to like, by the end of the series, you're supposed to be like, man, I can't wait to see them be in a film. Yeah. Like by the end of Miss Marvel, you're like, I cannot wait to see Kamala Khan on the big screen. Yep. End of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You're like, I can't wait to see oh, Captain yes. America yes, on the big screen. So yes. WandaVision even can't wait to see the Scarlet Witch and Multiverse of Menace. This series, six episodes in, you have three left. I want to see 
how, how do you end this where people go, oh, I can't wait to see where Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk ends up next? Because right now, it's like, you know, at the beginning of the series, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see how they incorporate her into the film universe. But, you know, these episodes have gone so roller coaster with, yeah. you know, tones yeah. and emotions and stuff that I'm like, you know, I'm really interested to see how they wrap yeah. this up. Yeah, I think, yeah, from just to summarize everything we've been saying, it feels like what they wanted to do and what they probably should have looked at is copying the way daredevil handled him being a lawyer by having the lawyer stuff come in when necessary for the plot and then have him doing superhero stuff be the majority of the of the main storyline like have him in his relationships him and the main villain plot like the the main storyline be the forefront and then have lawyer things come up when it's necessary for the story which we kind of got at the beginning with abomination and now it's just kind of okay, we want to do that, but we don't want to do that because we want to be our half hour self, which doesn't work. So I think that's kind of where they're at a like disadvantage where it's like, okay, we want to be a half hour lawyer thing, but we also still want to be a superhero. It's so hard to explain. And but I yeah. think they could have done it. They could have yeah, done they it. And they might, they, you know, here's the they thing. May, they may repair it. Who knows? Honestly, you know, the next three episodes might be some of the best stuff ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm not exactly. ruling it out. You know, we might get where yep. we might get multiple holy crap moments in the next three episodes, and we might get a great, you know, final story arc for season one that leads us into yep. going like, oh, can't wait to see what happens in season two, or can't wait to see what happens in this next film. So I'm not ruling it out. I'm positive and yep. I'm optimistic there, but you're right. You kind of summed up my thoughts pretty naturally there of what, you know, they should have just really focused in on, you know, like have her superhero antics and lawyer life crossover more. I think right now it's mm -hmm. like they're dealing too much with like, like, oh, well, Jen's dating life. And like, they're not letting it naturally like flow. If you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Pulling stuff like, you know, a great example, another DC example, Peacemaker episode one yes. with John Cena. He goes home with the girl and we find out she's a superhero type being too. That's great. Why didn't that happen in She-Hulk? I know we have to be original and stuff, but like, you know, I think it would have been crazier if one of her Tinder dates was a superhero. You know, it's like just kind of like you're our super powered. I think that would be even nuttier than expected. And obviously we're talking about two mm -hmm. shows, two different styles, but like, that's what I was thinking about where it's like, you know, Peacemaker did that great where it intersected the personal and personal and superhero life pretty well together you know she all could have done that too i know there's time constraints and stuff but maybe maybe they do it in the final three but i do think there was some you know they were checking the box on some things with jen instead of just letting it naturally like unfold yeah i call that and i can't remember where i last said this i said it on a podcast i call that bullet point storytelling where instead of letting a story flow naturally they have like bullet points of things they want to happen and they just kind of loosely tie them together and have them happen and just to uh, just to kind of go off of what you were saying in terms of we can probably expect better. I will never forget that immediately after the third episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, where they go to Madripoor and that felt kind of random. Immediately after we get the episode where John Walker uses a shield to 
kill one of the flag smashers and even that show had a lot of home life in it and i really enjoyed that and then i will never forget as well the loki episode i complained about earlier is immediately followed up by an episode where they confront the uh i forgot their names the the dudes that ended up being animatronics and then they supposedly kill oh, they yeah. prune loki like that episode was crazy and that came right after the one where i had been like oh this isn't as good so it's like I said, every single one of these shows is an episode that like is off and then immediately they get back on track. So it's like, why did they even have this just to pad the runtime? So I think we can be a little bit more optimistic, like you were saying. I do think they may they may still have a chance to to make this more exciting again. And who knows, maybe season two will be even better. If they oh, do a season two. I think if they do a season two, they can hit the ground running and just do a case of the week, 10 episodes. Yes. And that could be what the doctor ordered and yes. you can do it lower budget we don't need to see we don't she need to see hulk, jen yeah. hulk we don't need to see jen hulk out we could just see jen dealing with you know the legal cleanup and ramifications of mm -hmm. the superheroes within the universe have high profile cameos and i think that's how you do a season two of the series but speaking of what to do next what are your predictions for next week geo what what any hot take predictions or any you know what, what are your hopes for episode seven here so based on how this episode went compared to the last one, I feel like if I say anything, it's going to be backwards. So my guess would be, okay, next episode is there's going to be another end credits tease or they go all in on Intelligentsia. But I think there's going to be ramifications with uh, Nikki telling Jen like, oh, by the way, there's people out to kill you, LOL. That might be why she gives up on this Josh guy to protect him, you know? maybe that be it yeah. so maybe that's the reason there's like a story reason for it but other than that i don't want to say like oh yeah i think intelligentsia is going to be the main thing i don't think daredevil or i think daredevil is going to show up i don't want to say any of that because i don't i don't know what to expect at this point like before at the beginning of the season i would be like oh yeah next episode you know abomination whatever but now at this point it's like every episode is so random that i'm like just whatever but be good that's that's my <laughs> my hot take is next week will be another self-contained episode might be might be self-contained episode and then your final two episodes of the season your episode eight will be daredevil yeah episode nine will be hulk returns from sakar or whatever and yep. you know or no 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 my prediction for next week and it might be right i think she's going to have to for whatever reason, she's going to have to go to Emil Blonsky's yoga retreat because we've seen that in marketing. Yes. So I think yes, that's next week. Next yes. week she'll go there and she'll probably have to ask him about intelligentsia or stuff like that. Or, you know, next week, let's let's get crazy, Geo. Julia Louis-Dreyfus cameo. We get Val recruiting Emil Blonsky into Thunderbolts next week. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I might be shooting for the stars a bit, but, you know, let's bring back the mid-credit scenes with a bang. Please, because I do miss them a little bit. So yeah, I'm I'm desperate. I'm desperate for those mid credit scenes. Those are like what you know. Those are always fun. So yeah, I'm desperate for those. But yeah, that wraps this episode of Better Call Hulk. Geo, it was so nice to talk to you again about Marvel. Where can all our listeners follow you at? So my at is the same on Instagram and on Twitter. I am Geo Del Nope. That's G I O D E L, and then the word Nope with capital letters for each thing gdn and i also post some stuff on youtube that's superhero ish related if you're interested at all but you can expect to hear more from me and sarah on our podcast this is the Waycast. 
Yep, that's that's there. Go follow Gio on social media, and he will be doing a weekly podcast. This is the Waycast breaking down Andor every week as it releases on Disney Plus. And next week, Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel will be back for another episode of Better Call Hulk, Breaking Down She-Hulk. For more Marvel content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review.